Uh, here we are, Ricky Nixon. <laughs> first ever Coop episode Coop. of the Chicken Coop. Here we go. She's on here. It's going to be good. Strategic fade out. Jesus, chicken dance first up. Chicken dance right off the bat. Not How you going, Ricky? Yeah, good dancing is not my expertise. Though. It's <laughs> Melissa's expertise. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Well, mate, welcome to episode one of the Chicken Coop. Yeah. We are uh, it's Tony Marks, Ricky Nixon. We've got uh, our old mate, Nicky D, helping yeah, with Nikki some... Some uh, probably pretty poorly recorded video, but uh, that's okay, mate. Yes, and uh, thanks to MG Plaster as the old matey Mount Gambia. Now, Manny Patzel, who I met over there, uh, when I met him, St Kilda hadn't won a game for 50 years since then. <laughs> they haven't lost a game, so it was great to have MG Plasters on board, the best Plasters in South Australia. Absolutely, giving, uh, giving St Kilda the MG bump. <laughs> mate, uh, we're going to cover off each week uh, on Monday nights. We're going to record uh, the chicken coop. We're going to get some insight from uh, the... Uh, the world-famous Club 10 agent to the stars, manager to the stars, um, Ricky Nixon. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, for probably seven or eight years, I mean, everyone want me to do their podcast and everything else. I've always probably wanted to do my own thing, and the timing's probably now. And uh, hopefully what I can do is give uh, listeners a good insight into what goes on really behind closed doors and big deals and why they happen and how they happen. And But also, too, I want to reminisce a bit. I want to bring people, you know, the stars of the game, some funny stories, um, you know, and reminisce about the good old days. The good old days. Speaking of the good old days, I mean, you were really at the forefront of um, player management in, in the heyday. Yeah, look, uh, we were talking about this the other day. We, Wayne Carey was talking about it. And, um, you know, look, a lot of things are a lot of luck being in the right place at the right time. And uh, But, you know, when I started, it was very exciting. I'll never forget the first week because I, I did this handball competition at a, at a supermarket and um, I gave the players $100 back in 1994. And it was like they went back to their clubs and told, Ricky Nixon made me $100. Well, I had 90 players ring me in about 36 hours to, wanting to sign up. So it was pretty exciting times back then. Jeez, what would it take these days to get them out, mate? Uh, probably $20,000 $20, to get them out of the house, you know? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Speaking about big money in the game, mate, uh, mate how, how well are Collingwood going at the moment? Oh, look, I think, too, the person who doesn't get a lot of credit at Collingwood is Paul Lecuria, a ripper bloke. He's a former client of mine, great mate. But the homework he did to put in Greg McRae, and it was the right decision, clearly, you know, and, and also to bring someone with presence like Justin Lepich. Um, you know, what Lickett's done to, for Collingwood Football Club, people need to know. And, uh, you know, Craig McRae is just a fantastic... I've known Craig since the Brisbane days when I managed Michael Voss and Simon Black, and they were just an unbelievable group of bonding together. They're the best team I've seen is Brisbane early 2000s. There you go. There's my first statement for the day. Yep. But um, Craig McRae, and I'm sure the Collingwood supporters would agree, has brought a bond to that club where they're playing for each other now. They're not playing as individuals. And, you know, Darcy Moore, who I coached in junior footy, is an exceptional person and player. Um, you know, he'll be All-Australian captain probably this year. And if he can get Collingwood to a flag, well, how unique would that be? His dad won a Brownlow there and his son captain to premiership. So, touch wood. What, what lineage do you think Craig McRae brought to Collingwood? Where's, where's, that, where's that culture come from? I think every time you listen to Craig, it's all about us and we. You never hear the word I. You know, and I'm big yeah. on that. I pick up on that in football. And look, there's other things that have happened. Graham Wright's an outstanding recruiter. You know, look at his record at Hawthorne. Came from Hawthorne, four premierships or three premierships, I think, when he was there. Uh, came to Collingwood. He knows what makes a successful club on your list. You've got to have, you know, a variance of players you could run quick, ones who have got strength, ones who bond the team together. You've got to have characters. I don't care what anyone says. Every team that wins a premiership has a character. Collingwood's got Jordan Degoe. 
You know, whether Melbourne, you've got Max Gorn, you've got Petrarca and all that sort of thing, you know. Someone starts to shine as a character. And St Kilda are starting to find some with some of their young kids at the moment. Yeah. Do you worry that uh, some of the teams that come out of the gate strong are um, are, are going to peak too early? Oh, look, it, it, yeah, generally what happens is you look at St Kilda at the moment. Yeah, look, it's exciting for St Kilda supporters. And, geez, when you see some young kids go from C graders to potentially A minus players at the moment, yep. um, it's exciting. But you've got to keep it up for 24 weeks and it's impossible. Look, Melbourne burst out of the blocks last year and won, I think, the first 10 games. Yep. But then Geelong came home 100 miles an hour. So I always say the season starts about round 10, 12. But you've got to win enough games too to be in top five, four or five to win the premiership. And a player of note at Collingwood, uh, Nick Dacos. Yeah, look, Nick Dacos, to me, and this will be the first big statement, right now is worth a million dollars, and he's probably on, be lucky to be on 250 at the moment, coming off the draft, second year of the draft, etc. Um, because, you know, for those who don't know, you, you, there's only a set amount of money you can earn. But this is where I've advocated for over 30 years that clubs should have a franchise player. And what does that mean, Marty? I'll tell you what it means, is that you can have one player outside your salary cap and pay him whatever you want. And we wouldn't have seen Gary Ablett Jr. leave Geelong. You know, he would have been a Geelong player all his life. But, too, he's, you know, it's, it's up to him to, if he wants to plan his financial future and all of that, well, good luck to him as well. But that wouldn't have happened. And we don't want to see Nick Dacos leave Collingwood. We don't want to see Ashcroft leave Brisbane, who's coming through as quick as Dacos is at the moment. Exciting young player up there as well. So does this mean that what you're pitching this idea is that Outside of the salary cap, the clubs can then bank on a particular player they can then build their brand around over a generation. Correct. Yeah. I think we've really lost that hero worship type player. Um, and look, I, you know, people don't want to always say, oh, you can't go back to 1980 or 1990 or 2000. Yeah, no, you can't. Yep. But we've got to build the future here. And, you know, I don't see a lot of brand out there that, you know, if I said name me 10 superstars at one club, you'd be lucky to name two. Um, but back 30 years ago, we had kids worshipping players. Like, I saw it on the weekend, Dane Swan playing up at Mathara. You know, the kids wanting to get photos with him and everything like that. You know, we just a, don't, He's a superstar. Oh, look, he's probably the most popular ex-player I've ever seen. Yep. Because um, he's just... Other than Warwick Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Warwick. I apologise, mate. Anyway, he told Warwick Kappa told me he was the most popular player. I just find that hard to find the stats around that, you know. But stats, no, stats are optional. Yeah, Swanee's, uh, you know, legend gets out and plays these community games every week. And, you know, and, and as I said, it was about watching these kids so excited to meet him. And that was a heart wrencher for me to go, yep. this, this is what it used to be like. Yep. Yeah, speaking of superstars, you know, Buddy Franklin, he, he's got to be up there. Yeah, look, Buddy's, a, a, uh, you know, I managed Buddy early in his career. And uh, uh, look, he's always been hot and cold, Buddy. And I think he's been an unbelievable, uh, what would you say, marketing tool for the game. Uh, what I saw on the weekend, uh, you know, uh, look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to can him like a lot of media are doing, saying he's over the hill, he shouldn't be playing. Well, guess what? He's still got 15 or 20 weeks to prove, and if he's a premiership player at the end of the year, that'll shut them all up pretty quickly. The Caroline Wilsons and the Kane Corns who like to shoot off their gobs every two seconds. <laughs> Chicken <Yeah>. goes bang. <laughs> Chicken goes bang. And where's our drumstick sound effect? I <laughs> know. Oh, right, you've got a round of applause there, mate. <laughs> Chicken goes bang. That's probably going to be a segment in the show moving forward, isn't it? We're going oh, I think it is going to be. Look, one of the things I want to bring to this is uh, we're going to have a player each week tell us one of the funniest footy stories ever. And that, one you won't good. know about. It'll be funny. It'll be like being at a sports night, I suppose. But, yep. you know, we might get the likes of, you know, Wow Jones X, Carlton Ruckman, who was an absolute character of the game back in the days. We might get Mark Jackson on. We might get you know, someone who can tell a funny footy story. And, and I think that's what people want to hear. Mark Jackson, where, where's he these days? 
Look, I'm not sure with Jack. I haven't spoken to him for a few years, but I was with um, one of the great characters, Peter Bazusto, the other night, and Buzz is just a ripper bloke. And he, he actually said he's been with Mark lately. He's travelling, you know, a bit better now and um, went through a bit of a down period, but we, which we all do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's one of the things I hope to bring to this show too, just helping people be happy and, uh, you know, some things that have worked for people who are down and out and up and want to get up again. Yeah, do you think the mainstream media sort of has a pretty narrow approach to the game these days? I think the problem with uh, football these days and any sport, it's not just football, is is the internet. 24-hour-a-day information. Yep. There's nothing of difference. So I'm listening to the radio this morning, I just turned it off. I'm like, this is just crap. Oh, the same crap over and over again. They're just talking yep. about, oh, this bloke's stats and this bloke went inside 50. I'm like, you know what? I've heard that 40 times in the last 24 hours. Can you give me something unique? There's a bit of that. We've talked about this before too. There's a bit of like gotcha journalism that yep. goes on as well. It's like everybody's trying to catch somebody out doing something wrong. Oh, look, you look at the headlines, and look, a lot of elderly ladies stop me in the street these days. Oh, Ricky, you know, what you did to that Seb Costello last year was so funny, and, you know, said the old chicken wing got caught in a clip. But, you know, yep. it, it, it's boring clickbait stuff, and it's yep. always, the headline's always crowd upset, or, you know, someone yep. said this. Yep. It's like, what I love is the older people I meet in the street who say, Ricky, we don't even read anything about you anymore. We know it's total crap. Yeah. It's just click. Everyone knows what clickbait is these days. Yeah, there's just there's just so much that's said, and it's just there's a lot of bullshit that that just gets pushed yeah. through. Yeah, and uh, you know, all and the, the truth can hurt sometimes. Like I, you know, at the moment Collingwood burst out of the blocks, but you know they've lost their ruckman, and uh, it. I think this week's game, St Kilda Collingwood, is is just a fantastic, most most exciting game I've ever waited for for a couple of years. Where's that being played? Uh, it's over in Adelaide in the Gather Round, and. Uh, you know, it, it's, if Collingwood win and they're expected to win and good on them, but if St Kilda wins, what's that mean? No one would have picked them to win their first six games in 100 years. No, that's a, a pretty big turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's exciting for football. And, you know, this is where, though, I'd like to see someone like a Nick Ga- Dacos be elevated to a hero who kids want to be, the next Nick Dacos. And, you know, if Max King gets back into the St Kilda lineup soon, I think he's capable of that as well. Does uh, does any of this sort of stuff have any anything to do with, like, I mean... Leadership at the very top of the AFL, how does that trickle down and affect the game a- oh, look, as we know it? I actually think Gil McLaughlin's done a pretty good job under extreme circumstances. Um, he's got a football background. Um, you know, I don't know why they're waiting for the next CEO. The next CEO to me is Andrew Dillon at the AFL. He's a 2IC. He's been there for a long time. He understands the game. Don't bring in someone new who basically has to train themselves up over a couple of years. We've got some important things to deal with at the moment. And those important things are GWS, Gold Coast Suns, Tasmanian new team. You know, they're not being successful at the moment. And this Tasmanian team worries me. It really does. Because, first of all, that's going to take a lot, drain a lot of talent away from clubs that are struggling at the moment. And also, too, the population in Tasmania is not even as big as the Geelong area. So why yeah. haven't we got two teams down at Geelong? Yeah, I mean, is it uh, is it that the game's lost its a little bit of its appeal or are there too many other options for, for young athletes now? Uh, look, I think there's a lot more options. Uh, definitely, the I study a lot of the research about uh, ju- juniors, where they're signing up. Soccer's huge, getting huge in Australia. But it, as a kid at the moment, what's it, what's it, um, the hero worship is more the American basketballers and the yep. gridiron players. You know, Aaron Sipos, who I used to manage at St Kilda, who went on to play in the Super Bowl. Well, all of a sudden, I've had kids ringing me, or not ringing me, contact me on Facebook, how do I become a punter, Rick? Yeah, so right. they're becoming the heroes now. And, uh, you know, that's a big challenge going forward for AFL. I guess uh, 
Aspiring to be like your heroes is a big part of your uh, motivation as a kid too, isn't it? Well, growing up, you know, I barracked for St Kilda and uh, Trevor Barker was my hero, you know. To me, he was a Hollywood actor type player. You know, all the girls loved him and I was lucky enough to play with him and unfortunately we lost him at a very early age to cancer, which to this day still hurts everyone. Yeah, I... Growing up as a kid, I didn't follow St Kilda, but I think everybody loved Trevor Barker. Yeah, well, someone asked me the other day, um, who are the big uh, rock stars who ever played football? I, I just put them in this order. Trevor Barker, to me, was the biggest. But Tony Modra Tony in Modra. Adelaide. I yep. was with Mods a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about how I went to sign him up, and I got off the plane. I said, mate, I won't, I'll be 20 minutes. I'll just get a taxi. And Anyway, I'm in the taxi, and the taxi, we're going down this street, and there's all these girls out in front of a house screaming. I said to the taxi driver, what's going on there? And he goes, what, you don't know? And I said, no. He goes, that's Tony Modra's house and Benny Cousins too when you think about it it's probably a bit of being a rock star because of being over in Perth he was a big star of the one team town almost before Fremantle came into the comp so I see Paddy McCartan's been knocked out again mate that's got to be a problem you know I'm heavily involved in this whole concussion side of it and uh, you know unbeknown to the media and uh, you know the AFL and everyone else I've had a record amount of past players contact me in the last month probably Really? And it really concerns me. I mean, I think a lot's to do with the media attention on it. It's making them think, geez, I've got a problem. And we have we have got a big problem. It's not just AFL. It's, you know, a footy club in Mildura. It's a netball club in Echuca. You know, it's not just about AFL here. And look, Jake Stringer's come out uh, this morning and said that his pre-season had been affected by what he thinks is maybe concussion-related or certainly mentally. Um, and, you know, what's the answer to all this? Well, the answer isn't to be going to court and, you know, trying to claim billions of dollars. That doesn't help the game going forward. I want to focus on kids who are, you know, 20 years old who gets knocked out. We've got to make sure he gets tested over a few years. And if there's any decline, get him help from a neurologist now, not wait until he's 50 and it's too late. And, you know, with one of my best friends, Danny Frawley, going through what he went through, the hell I saw him go through, I don't want to ever see that again. But how do you, how do you test for this? Well, what we've got is a, a TGA, Therapeutic Goods Association, approved concussion testing machine. When I say that, it's about brain functionality. There's only two ways to test your brain. Scans, which show that you might have a bruising on your brain from concussion, but that doesn't say what's going on in your brain. Yeah. The only other way is really through eye functionality. So you've got to follow an object around a screen, and that tells us whether your brain is thinking, whether the memory's there or not. It's quite fascinating. We're getting everyone from jockeys you know, through to netballers, soccer players. Like think about soccer players. They're hitting the ball all the time. Is that actually doing anything to their brain or not? Yeah. And it's it's a, such an unknown area, but um, you know it's something that's got to be attention's got to be given to it now. There's no more waiting around. We've got to get onto it. Do you think that uh, the risk of concussion and that kind of injury is is affecting parents' decisions to get their kids involved? Hundred in percent, it is. And you know they're looking at games and thinking, well, you know, should my son play basketball? Well, you can still get concussed in basketball with an elbow in the head from a rebounding ball. But the trouble with AFL football, the speed the game's played at, you get hit from a 360 degree. See, in rugby, most of the time, 99% of the time, the player's coming straight at you from in front of you. They're not coming from behind and punching you in the back of the head. The same with soccer too, wouldn't it? Yeah, Yeah, well, very much so. So those games are not as prone to um, concussion as AFL football is. And it's a game that... You know, it's not just about the AFL. It's about the local footy, you know, the country football leagues and all this. We could, we've got to try and protect these kids coming through. Yeah, you mentioned Danny Frawley. That was a, a tragic loss. And uh, there'd be, uh, I imagine there'd be a lot of past players, especially a lot of the yep. legends that you'd know. Yep. Well, I think, I think one of the things is, is that no attention had been given to this until just recently a lot. Now a lot of players are coming to me going, Rick... I can't remember what I did yesterday. I, I don't even. I was speaking to my wife the other day. I couldn't even remember my own kids' names. Now, I, a player Jeez. said to me, 
I don't know my own kid's name. I went, I started to cry. And even my partner, Melissa, said, what are you, what's wrong with you? Why are you upset? And I said, this player, and I'm going to name him, said, he can't remember who his own kids are. And yet two weeks later, he can. And it's like, yeah. there's this change. And, and it's like, they go, is this from concussion or am I just getting old? Or is it from alcohol-related stuff? Or is, yeah. it, is it a combination of everything? What, um, what do you know of that's out there that could help improve the... Um the effects of this stuff. Well, the biggest thing is to just get this um, you know, brain functionality testing done because that yep. shows if there's some decline. So, Patty McCartan, I don't, well, since I don't care what a doctor says, I'm in the medical area, but a doctor's, how are they analysing whether he should go back or be able to play again when they don't know if his brain will decline in the next few years? As far as I'm concerned, Patty McCartan's career is finished. Um, he can't go back on the ground. He how, can't how go old back is he? and play. Uh, he'd be in his probably late 20s. I think. Jeez. Yeah. So, what this has got to be about his future. We don't want Paddy McCartan in th- th- 20 years' time not knowing who his own kids are, not knowing who his wife is. I mean, we've got to work with... Neurologists have got to work with him right now. Mate, who are um, the best players that you've ever played against? Oh, probably the best player I played against, got asked this the other night at a sports night, uh, was Gary Abbott Sr. playing against him. Uh, the best player I played with, uh, look, I don't want to really have to name some ahead of others, but probably Tony Lockett, you know, was a great player. And, you know, when I was lucky enough to go to Hawthorne at the end with Jason Dunstall, you know, Gary Ayers, Dermot Brent, John Platten, you know, just all bloody legends yeah, of the game. some big names there. Yeah, you know, I was blessed on the you-know-what when, um, you know, I was recruited to Carlton and they won three four flags in four years or one or two when I was there. And, you know, the likes of whether it was Wow Jones, a big ruckman or... Those players, are, you know, the, the success of Carlton back in the early 80s was astronomical. And you know, John Elliott, the president, what characters they were. You know, you wouldn't be able to name two presidents now of football clubs, yet Johnny Elliott back in the day was an absolute char- character. He was a character, wasn't he? Yeah, look, yeah, and when I said I was leaving Kerry Grammer, phys ed teacher, to go into player management, I was working with his uh, daughter and son. And um, rang him and said, mate, I want to go and play manager. What do you think? He said, I'll tell you what I think. I'm going to give you 10000 bucks, send you to America to do a course over there and set you up. I said, what? He goes, not what? What's your bank account details? Anyway, cut a long story short, I didn't take the ten grand and go and do it. But for him to say that was, wow. You know, you don't probably get that support these days. No. Now, speaking about payments, I mean, you must have uh, you must have had a few people offer you some money in brown paper bags over the years. <laughs> Let's just say Armaguard trucks used to pull up at my house a lot and drop stuff at the back door. <laughs> Chicken goes bang. Oh, very good. Chicken goes bang again. <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, mate. Speaking about Swanee before up in the uh, up in the country, you've been doing a lot of you know traveling around the countryside. Uh, where's he playing this weekend? Uh, well, this week we're over in Nangwari, which is just outside Mount Gambia, where uh, Melissa, my partner, and I bought a house last year. And we, we love it over there, the country life sort of yeah. thing. And just the people are a bit different. They haven't been faced with the negativity of lockdown in Melbourne, and there's a lot of that still going on, which is disappointing. But, you know, we've got to live with what we've got. But, um, yeah, so he's playing over there for the Nangwari Saints this week, this Saturday. Uh, and, Nangwari uh, Saints. Yeah, and, uh, no, we're looking forward to it. Last week's game at Mathara, where the, uh, there was only a population of 700. They got about 3,000 people to the game. So it was <laughs> pretty amazing. And that's, as I said, it's like brings back old memories of about footy used to be like, you know, sort of thing. Mate, what, what what sort of role does he play on the day when when you have one of those? Well, games? he play he plays in the team and look just to see too the opposition uh, players come up to him and you know sort of go oh thanks for coming you know people don't realise what that could one kid in an opposition team or the team he's playing in could aspire him to go on to be successful in business life sport doesn't matter what it is and also don't forget most football clubs are netball clubs as well yep. and the girls are amazing and you know th- they gather around everything as well and. It just creates a lot of excitement in the in the country areas, and you know I just wish the AFL and AFL Victoria would get a bit more behind these games. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, does when when you guys get up there, you get up there in the morning of the game, or ha- yeah, well, we we probably get there around sort of twelve and mingle with the crowd, and Swanee does photos, and yep. you know, I just become his security guard and <laughs> help yep. organise things, and uh, you know, he mixes with the sponsors and that sort of thing, and then plays the game, and most times we do a sports night after that. Will so. he will he play the whole game? Oh yeah, he's played like I reckon he's played something like fifteen to seventeen games the last three years. Probably been best on the ground at least 13 times. And even on the weekend, he was definitely in the top four or five players on the ground. He still gets around right. Yeah, he still goes really well. And talking about clubs that go really well, I've got to give a bit of a shout-out to the London Wildcats, who were the premiers last year over in the UK. Well, they play Australian rules over there, mate. Yeah, it's a pretty strong competition over there. And the Wildcats are my team, and we won it last year. So we're going back-to-back this year if we can. And so they start in three weeks' time. So a big shout-out to the Wildcats. So how how do you watch that? Um, well, you could like everything these days. You can stream it or watch it on, you yeah. know, um, on your uh, phone and everything else. And I, I, this uh, company, Gameface, which I met with last week, uh, yeah. Carts, who runs it, uh, that's where they film local footy now. And you can watch it, um, pay you know a subscription of maybe ten bucks or something like that, and watch a game. I think it's exciting for local footy. Yeah, mate, that's phenomenal. Yeah, the London Wildcats. London Wildcats. What yeah. are their colours? Uh, that's a very good question. You put me on the spot and I look like an idiot, don't I? Thanks for that, Marksy. No worries, mate. <laughs> uh, lots of black, red, white, yellow, yep, pink, yep, purple in them, yeah. Getting getting around it. Yeah. Mate, um, you know, we want to, once again, before we wrap up today, we want to give a shout-out to MG Plasterers. Yeah, MG Plasterers, the best plasterers in Australia. So if you want your plastering done, with they did a big school over in Mount Gambia. They've just finished that last weekend, so they know what big projects are like. And Matty Patzel's the man. Get on to MG Plasterers. Absolutely, mate. Uh, as we uh, as we take the show forward, you know we're gonna uh, we're gonna really lift the lid on some subjects. Yeah, look, I think one of the things that people know is that as we progress through the year, this time of the year is a bit about what's new, what's exciting, what's going on. And as I said, I'll be bringing some reminiscing to the show. But as we get to July, it'll be about trades, who's going where, what players are worth. Do you think this player should be traded for that player? And that's where I've got the expertise to bring it to everyone first up. Yeah, mate. Well, looking forward to. Well, Ricky, mate, it's been uh, been great having a chat today. Thanks, Marty. Uh, mate, we'll um, we'll get together next Monday night and we'll um, we'll start uh, start smashing this thing out. We sure will. Chicken will go bang several times. Chicken will go bang through the show. So that's it, guys. Episode one of the Chicken Coop. Ricky Nixon, Tony Marks. We will see you next time. Yeah.